What's up, guys? Dom here with a new, perfectly splendid, top of the list review for you guys. If you can't tell, in this video, I'm going to be giving all my thoughts and discussing The Haunting of Bly Manor. New Netflix original came out in the month of October. This is a continuation of the Halloween series we're doing all throughout this month here on top of the list. RB did not want to watch this one, even though it stands on its own. But uh, I certainly did watch it with my mom. And I think I've mentioned before on the show, I am a massive Mike Flanagan fan. He's the director behind so many great movies, a few of which I have here on my phone. Um, recommend all these, Absentia, Oculus, Hush, um, Gerald's Game, Dr. Sleep, and of course, the predecessor to this series, The Haunting of Hill House, also a Netflix original, um, which if you guys haven't seen the Netflix original series, top of the list ranking episode that RB and I did before, go and check that out because you guys will know that uh, The Haunting of Hill House is one of only two shows that I've given a perfect score of 10 out of 10. Um, before I go any further in this video, I will say that I will make it very clear when I start to discuss spoilers. So stick with me. I'm going to give my score and general thoughts. Then I'll put out the spoiler warning. And from then on, you guys can, you know, go and watch it for yourself if you're interested. Or if not, you know, just go right ahead and turn off the video or keep watching if you're interested and see how the series uh, ended if you don't mind the spoilers. So with that said, let me start with my score for The Haunting of Bly Manor. Um, I think that this was definitely a step down from the perfect 10 out of 10 that Haunting of Hill House was. But then again, can you really do the perfect 10 out of 10 again? Um, Mike Flanagan did not direct every episode like he did of Haunting of Hill House, but he did have a lot of the writing credit and create and create, creator credit in the opening sequences of these episodes. So he did certainly have his hand in that, but he only directed the very first episode, which you know, I want to start there. The first episode, I thought, gets you right into it. If you don't like the first episode, you're probably not going to like the rest of the show. Um, if this isn't your cup of tea, that's totally fine. But, you know, give it a shot, I would say. Definitely a recommend to watch. Watch that first episode. You know, it's Netflix. You can just turn it off and, you know, come back later if you don't, or if you don't want to watch it at all, just don't watch it at all. So definitely try that first episode. I'm going to give it a recommend to watch just on that first episode from Mike Flanagan. If you like it, you'll like the rest of the show. But my score for The Haunting of Bly Manor is going to be a full point and a half down. I'm going to give it an eight and a half out of 10, which is um, not a must-see, but it's definitely a must-see if you're a fan of Mike Flanagan, like myself, and those kinds of horror movies. And if you're just looking for something really really um, unsettling and sad and dramatic with a lot of great performances to watch uh, this Halloween season. This show is perfect. Um, so yeah, eight and a half out of 10, definitely recommend to watch. Uh, one thing I wanna praise before I go into full spoilers and send those of you that wanna go and watch this off, um, one of the best aspects of this show is if you're like me and RB, we're huge fans of some really great dramatic performances. This cast is fantastic. Um, Vic Victoria Pedretti uh, stars as Danny Clayton. She's the main character in our show, and she gives a massively fantastic, um, you know, perfectly splendid performance, as Flora would say in the show. Um, 
lots of other great cast members. Let me just list a few of them off. Oliver Jackson Cohen, also a returner, along with Victoria Pedretti from The Haunting of Hill House, along with uh, Henry Thomas. He has a smaller role in this one, but he had some great roles in a lot of different movies I've seen him in. He's also fantastic in this as well. But for me, a newcomer, uh, a couple of newcomers that stand out massively to me were um, Tania Mil Miller as Hannah Gross. She was phenomenal in this. I think she's actually award-worthy in this show. Um, she gives one of the best uh, just emotional and uh, thought-provoking performances of the show with a big payoff that uh, if you stick with it, she, her character really has a great payoff towards the end. And uh, I'm going to butcher this guy's name, but he was really great in this as well. Raul Coley um, as Owen. He is also really good in this. Uh, has a bit of comic relief in the role, but he can also get really dark and sad too. And I think that his performance was very beautiful in this one as well. And uh, so I think that's about it. I could say as far as general of it. Um, this show is more of a drama than an actual horror, not nearly as scary as Haunting of Hill House. So, you know, go into it knowing that and you won't be as disappointed um, if you were really a fan of Haunting of Hill House. But eight and a half for me out of 10, uh, certainly a recommend in my book. If you usually align yourself with the kind of horror movies that we've been discussing this Halloween, then totally go check it out. Um, but starting now, I'm going to be talking spoilers, specific episodes, and plot details, all of the above. So, spoiler warning. That's your one and only warning here. So, on the topic of the cast, big surprise for me was Kate Siegel shows up in episode eight of this show. There's nine episodes, but in episode eight, she shows up in what I think is the absolute best episode. If I were to just rate episode eight of The Haunting of Blind Manor, it's a 10 out of 10. It's an entirely flashback. It's all in black and white. You learn the origin of why Bly Manor is haunted. And my gosh, I love Kate Siegel. She was fantastic in Hush. She was fantastic in Haunting of Hill House and a bunch of other Mike Flanagan movies because she's actually his wife. So it makes sense that she's in a bunch of his stuff. But yeah, she once again turns out a fantastic, haunting, I have pun intended, I guess a little cliche as well, but really fantastic, perfectly splendid performance from her, as well as uh, in episode eight, we also get Catherine Parker, uh, and, and someone I'm not quite familiar with, but man, she also really did a great job in that episode as well. Um, you know, they're only in that episode and they do a lot with the screen time they have. Um, but overall, I want to talk about the plot of this one and the pacing mostly with the plot because, um, while I pull up my Netflix here, I want to look at the specific episodes. So like I said, episode one is really a good opener from Mike Flanagan, not his most fantastic work or anything, but it is a great opener and it sets you up for the feel of this show and sets up a lot of the mysteries, which is more of a focus in this one than Hill House, I would say, even though Hill House did have a lot of mystery as to what happened to the mother and everything and what happened in the past. Um, this one, everybody has their own personal mystery, which is a, a similarity in Hill House as well, but this one is more of, if we're gonna talk genres here, this is more of a love story. And, um, 
if you know, romances aren't always the most fast-paced genre of film or television. And that is what is kind of a markdown for me in this one, why this is an eight and a half and not that 10 out of 10 or nine or above. Um, I think that episode one is great, but I think two, three, and four, I want to say, even though four I really did enjoy. Um, I'd say two, three, and four do slow down a little bit, but you know, you can binge it. You could just keep watching and you'll still be entertained a lot in that uh, aspect. And it's really intriguing to see the baggage that all these characters carry with them from their past romances that have failed. And um, I'm not gonna lie, guys, I don't mind saying this at all. There were a few times, um, a number, I'd say, of times in this show where the emotions really got to me. It's not scary, but it is very, very sad and dark. And it did make me cry at a few points, I do have to say, especially when we get to episode five, which reminds me a lot of one of the best television episodes I've ever seen, especially in the last couple of years from Watchmen uh, that has to do with that show and Dr. Manhattan. You'll know the episode if um, you've seen that show. If not, then go check out Watchmen. It's fantastic. Um, but this episode bared a lot of resemblance to that in that we get to see Hannah Gross jumping back and forth through time and by the end of the episode a pretty big twist for me that was um she's been a ghost from the minute one of this show she was murdered as soon as the main character danny walks on to blind manor and i didn't i kind of had a hint that she was a ghost and my mom kind of figured it out a little bit but the delivery really was chilling i think in that aspect and then um, we get a couple more great episodes. Um, one thing I do want to comment on that I haven't really seen in any other television show is that they have episodes three and seven listed as the two faces part one is episode three and then episode seven, the two faces part two. So uh, part one and part two, but there's a few episodes in between that. And that has to do with the subject matter of um, Peter Quint and Vanessa uh, I think, or Mrs. Ms. Janessa, let me get the cast real quick. Uh, doo -doo 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 -doo. Amelia, nope, not Amelia Eve. She is Jamie, but she's also fantastic in this one. But uh, Taraya Sharif as Rebecca Jessel, the former uh, au pair before Danny gets hired, uh, their love story is really intriguing in this. And um, episodes three and seven cover a lot of that. And um, I started to kind of guess where they were going. Another kind of half point knockoff for that as well. Um, by the time that it came around to episode seven, I was thinking I was going to give this show an eight. Um, maybe even lower, I was thinking at one point. But like I said, episode eight was so fantastic. I thought it was going to be a nine. And then I do have to say the finale dragged on a little bit where we get to see the fate of... Um, our uh, main character, Danny, and she falls in love with Jamie, the gardener, and they kind of have everything resolved. Flora and Miles, the day is saved. Bly Manor is unhaunted, but the lady in the lake stays within um, Danny, our main character, Victoria Pedretti, and uh, their kind of romance at the end and seeing them fall in love, it was very, very sad, 
and um, it was very emotional, but I think that it kind of felt like epilogue, like it was just kind of dragging on and on and on. Um, but uh, that, that's kind of another negative. And then one final negative I do have to say is the voiceover in this one did feel unnecessary. We start off with Carla uh, Gugino. I know I messed up her last name there, but um, if you guys like her, check out Gerald's Game. That's one of the best performances in a horror movie I have ever seen. And um, she plays an older version of the gardener, Jamie, which is a big spoiler. Um, she is telling this story from the future. And I think that was kind of unnecessary. It didn't feel like it had to be there, but it didn't feel like it was holding anything back. It just felt like that's something they could have cut but it wasn't bad that it was there. It was still really good acting, really good um, storytelling, intriguing, and the voiceover was cool. But you guys know me, I don't like narration, I don't like exposition, so I feel like they could have taken that out. That's my one criticism, uh, another criticism I have of the show. And then um, we gotta talk about the scare factor in this one maybe a little bit more. If you're the kind of person that likes the Haunting of Hill House thing where there's a lot of ghosts in the background and hidden and obscured that if you look when you have an eagle eye that you can kind of see it, that stuff creeps me out. I am a big fan of that. This one has basically no jump scares. Um, I, I can count maybe four or five jump scares in this one, but they, they are very few and far between and I'm a big fan of that. Uh, that's a lot of people they're looking for that to get scared and I could see that as a big negative for some people but not for me a negative um, then my kind of final point on this one is that the cinematography is fantastic but there is no standout episode like in Hill House where it's all one shot or anything like that the standout episode is the black and white episode which I like that they went a different direction but I would have liked to see them build on that one shot episode that was in Hill House and have Mike Flanagan come back for one more episode and do something similar to that. But, you know, that's kind of stepping on his own toes, so I could see why he didn't want to do that. Um, the other directors that directed the rest of the episodes did a fantastic job, great cinematography, and it looks really great in 4K Dolby Vision, guys. I've just got on the 4K Dolby Vision train, bought myself a new 65-inch television, and me and my mom watched it, and whoo! Man, it was freaking cool. It's really dark, so you have to have a good uh, TV to really appreciate all the little tiny details in the shadows, and my TV did a really good job with that and uh, made the experience a whole lot better. But um, yeah, overall, 8.5 out of 10. Very interested to see if they're going to continue the haunting um, anthology as it's going to be now. But I am even more excited to see the next series that Mike Flanagan is mainly going to be directing all the episodes as far as I know. I really hope he directs all the episodes of Midnight Mass, another Netflix original coming soon. And that's now becoming my most anticipated TV show after this was also a success because he wrote most of it and he's going to write Midnight Mass. That is becoming very exciting for me to see. Um, along with uh, another Stephen King adaptation that is coming up in the pipeline for him. Uh, big fan of Dr. Sleep. So Mike Flanagan, you are awesome. Keep doing it, man. You are great. So with that said, uh, I'm Dom Gonzalez. You can follow me at DomGonzalez48 on Instagram and Twitter. Send us a comment. Let us know how we're doing. What were your thoughts on The Haunting of Hill House? Drop a comment down below on YouTube. 
If you're listening to this in podcast form, go ahead and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or uh, leave a like or whatever you can do there. We're also on Spotify and Google. But with that said, stay tuned for some more videos coming out this week. Uh, we got The Lighthouse, we got Halloween, and we have uh, Hubie Halloween back in uh, last week, and we have The Shining Out on our channel now, which is my favorite horror movie of all time. So definitely check that one out, see what our theories are on what that movie means. Um, so with that said, that's it for the Haunting of Blind Manor review, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Later.